This week's episode is brought to you by... It's the Black Men Building Wealth Virtual Conference, coming February 2020. You ready? It's lit. Tweet, talk, tweet, talk. It's Episode lit. 29. Nobody has number 29. I think somebody had it in the NBA at one point, but it was like a whack. It's, just, it's kind of a stupid looking number. Yeah, it is a weird number. 29. Yeah, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like somebody had it. A scrub, like on the Knicks or something, like 10 years ago. Some weird number. <laughs> weird number. Anyway, so 2020, first show of the year. I know everybody's on woo, 2020 vision, 2020 new year. Everybody's hype. That's all anybody's talking about. New year, yeah. goals, everything. I feel like it's a lot more optimism, optimism this time than any other turn of the year. Maybe it's because it's a new decade. decade. Maybe that's a lot of the reason why, but a lot of optimism out there. That 2020, well, that 2020 does roll off your tongue. Um, yeah. That 2020 vision. And then plus, I think there's so many people out here doing it now that it just built, it's just built up. To like what, do what do you mean? What do you mean by doing it? Uh, you know, there's so many black people. Uh, there's a lot of good black folks on, online teaching and trying to get trying to get this money and trying to bring others along and linking up. One hundred percent. It's kind of like Eric, Erica Williams was talking about all of 2019. She was saying the year of the super team, year of the super team, mm-hmm. and it will be her and Cherry Ijioma, and she linked up with so many other people. And I see other people linking up. Yeah, you know, there's yep. a lot of that in 2019. Yeah, all thanks to the president that they hate. <laughs> so, real quick, what's what should we expect to see from Todd Capital this year? We're and just gonna blow this. We're gonna blow up. We're just trying to buy everything, trying to buy assets and figure out the rest later. Um. We are having some issues with the vending machine acquisition and we're having a pivot and just figure out how we're going to make it work, but we're still going to make it work. We're not going to back away because I think we had this conversation on the podcast, but we're talking about like, we don't fail because we buy vending machine routes and they fail. We buy it. We fail because we're just too scared to buy them in the first place. Mm. So I'm like, if I'm a fail, I'm a fail because we bought it and it didn't work out not because we talked ourselves out of buying it. So um, that's one thing we're looking at doing. Of course, I think I want to focus just this year on trying to get one of my either downtown LA developments done or working on getting that hotel. I want to do something that's substantial. I want to do something that's going to be life-changing. So my goal is to do a life-changing deal this year. Not just a deal to say we did a deal, not a deal to cash flow a few hundred bucks. We're trying to do something that's going to like actually put a dent in the world for Thai capital. So yeah, a lot of acquisitions and trying to level up and do bigger stuff. I think I want to put somebody in charge just doing the acquisition side. Like you just, you know the formula. We piece up people, we buy what we want to buy, and then we cash flow to move on to the next. Like I shouldn't be doing that anymore. 
I'm trying to level mm -hmm. up and go to the next level. So do you have some money in mind already that's already in the club? Right. Nope. I have no mm -hmm. idea. I just thought of that as I was talking to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's the way it always goes. Man, I feel like you got to, I think we got to figure out a way to just have conversation. I think that's what makes mastermind groups so powerful. I was at lunch with my friends and they were talking, I was talking to them about the downtown deal and uh, they were asking me like, Oh, so what do you have to do to get it done? And I was breaking it all down. And I was like, now I just need the money. But as I was talking to them, I realized I don't need the money. I need to find somebody who's already done it. I need to find a partner and the partner's going to bring the money because he's already going to have those contacts full of people, pension funds, whatever that have the, have the resources. So I don't need to actually find the money. I need to partner with the developer and then make it happen that way. So I need it's to funny. create a my group. It's funny how the, um, having a conversation with somebody changes a lot. And yeah. you, you think maybe this person has the an answer and as you're speaking, you get your own answer just, Trying to say that loud. 100%. Yeah. I've been noticing that a lot. So, yeah. That's uh -huh. that's the idea. I don't know. We got to figure it out. Cool. And so, it's like you said in the tweet, goal is community, not just cash flow. So, we want the whole block. Then we want to 100%. clean up said block, then secure said block, then educate said block. Yeah. I feel like we always get on here and we talk about wealth, 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 wealth. And it's like, well, what are you building all this wealth for? Why do you want wealth so much? And a lot of us, we want it because we want to not have to be gunned down by police. We want it so we can have safe, safe schools. We want it so that we can have clean uh, properties that appreciate in value so that we can have communities that aren't filled with crime because people are having to resort to crime to get a buck. And so, like we said last week, like none of that has to do with going on vacations and getting Gucci shoes and uh, blowing money fast and popping bottles. So it's like, at the end of the day, people just want to live with dignity. And living with dignity has to do with being safe where you live, knowing that you can send your kids to school and they can get a good education, knowing that your wife doesn't have to work or she doesn't want to work. And so I feel like that's what we miss. We're all out here trying to get as much money as possible so we can live rich as opposed to just like building up safe, healthy communities for people. And so that's why we have a tenant conscious um, a property management company where we want to give nice things to our tenants, where we want to not gouge them for rents, where we want to treat them with dignity, where we want to get repairs done. Like that's how you build a community of happy people, of sustained people, and not just people who are just miserable because you're taking advantage of them. So for me, it's like, is group economics. The reason why it's group economics isn't so we can get a bunch of money and so that everybody's taken care of within that economy. And we don't talk about that enough. We always talk about like group economics, we can compete with white people as opposed to group economics so that somebody doesn't have to sleep on the, on the, on the floor. So somebody doesn't have to pick through trash cans to get something to eat. Like somebody asked me this question today. They said, what is on your bucket list? I said, I want us to have a community that has dignity. I want us to have a community that's respected. I want us to have a community that has our own businesses, not for the purpose of stunting on other people. Because when you stunt on other people, you tend to create negative energy. And that's why a lot of communities that are, are successful, they don't do it. They're not out there trying to stun you because that creates resentment. And that resentment will make sure that you, get, you don't last at the top very long. And so 
I say that to say just that um, we, it's about community. And if we take the community approach, we don't even need, we don't need to beg protests. We don't need them to give us jobs. We don't have to have them to raise our wages. We control, we control. And you talk about, uh, talking about resentment. It's kind of like, I remember one time there was a rapper talking about how when you come back to the hood and you're wearing like diamond chains and all this stuff, that's how you get robbed because you're causing resentment when you come yeah. back to the hood like that. It's like you, you're walking back in the jungle and you look like food. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's unfortunate as well. Like, that's I put out a tweet a long time ago where we as African-American men who are doing some things for ourselves got to help other African men do things for themselves. Because if you get successful and you get a bag, as they say, and somebody else is over there and they can't really get and put themselves on, they're going to be looking at you as an opportunity. And I wouldn't even blame them. It's unfortunate, but it's like, that's the community approach we make money together. I was watching the Kevin Hart thing and what's really was cool is he started circling back and putting his friends on. So he was like, okay, well, you are going to produce this television show. You are going to produce this for me. You are going to produce the, the, the everything sports and sports and business related. And so he starts putting people on so they can get their own bag. And I think that that's what it has to happen. I always tell, like, for some reason we think it's like a scarcity mentality. If you believe in abundance, you believe that Raphael can make money and I can make money. And so that's why when I always approach business that way, I'm not over here approaching business like only I can get to it. It's like, no, we can get it together. And if we work together, we all make more money. If you go to Newport Beach, you go to all these high-end areas, it's a bunch of people with money, not just one person with money and a bunch of peasants. Right, 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 right. And you were just talking about uh, you're not building wealth just to go on vacation and buy ugly, ugly Gucci shoes. You didn't say ugly, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want people to understand that because I feel like that's what people think they're doing it for. They think they're getting it so they can floss, so they can buy Louis Vuitton, so they can buy Gucci. And I feel like we gotta detach wealth from consumption. And I think that's the bar, detach wealth from consumption because everybody thinks we're just trying to get rich so we can spend a lot of money. That's what they all think. And mm. I feel like if we can just, if we can attach wealth to security and freedom, that is a more noble goal. A more noble goal is being financially free, meaning nobody has their thumb on your neck. Nobody can determine how much you can make. Nobody can determine where you should live. Nobody can determine where you want to send your kids to school. Nobody can determine what kind of food you can eat, what kind of health care you can get. All of that is money related in America. But for some reason, we only see money through the lens of consumption. We only see money through the lens of going to expensive concerts or, or, or buying new cars. Like if we look at wealth as protection, we'll probably have more, we'll probably have more of a respect for the dollar. And if we respect the dollar, we'll probably have more dollars. All right. And you said your tweet, you had a tweet that says, the best use for your assets is more assets. I love what I'm seeing these days. Um, one of my favorite people to watch is the Heart Zogs. And that's the Heart Company couple. 
but I always tell people that like, as you get successful in business and in real estate, then you tend to use that massive income to create passive income. And so I've always believed that business is kind of better than real estate. And a lot of people will say like, oh, you're crazy, real estate, real estate, real estate, but they're in the business of real estate, not necessarily in investing in real estate. And they're two different things. And so what I found is these people created a company that did $200,000 in gross sales, which I don't know what that it comes to a net, but now they're using their business income to buy Airbnb rentals and their business income is growing. And you've seen it with Chris. Chris has his, his, his store that's super successful and now he's buying, he's buying homes with it. And so that's what I'm doing. Like any, the windfalls that I get from different ventures that I have going on, I'm like, I got to put this into the vending machines. I got to put this into a mobile home. I got to put this into more property. And you got to take that, that massive income because it comes in very, very big. Once that business and that brand is going, my business and my brand is kicking right now. And so that's why I got to keep kicking it and keep kicking it and keep kicking it. More podcasts, more blogs, more Twitter, more Instagram, more everything that's giving value. This is the key that I found. I tweeted that I'm basically a talk show host. I was like, I'm basically Oprah. But what people don't realize is, and I don't know why this is the way it is, but when you become the platform for other people, you become more successful. You don't want to be the superstar. You want to be the platform the superstars perform on. That's why BET is successful. That's why radio stations are successful. That's why YouTube is successful. That's why Facebook and Instagram are successful. Ty Capital is a platform. That means I give other people the shine. And when I give other people the shine, my brand grows. And so, it works twofold because that person's getting shine. Every time I post Chris, he gets more followers. Every time I post Chris, mm. I get more followers. If we could just help each other, we would be more successful. It's inevitable, but we're so busy competing with each other, trying to get the limited resources that we think are out there and we really exist in abundance that we don't realize like, if we just like flipped it and supported and helped each other, we can get to the end. And so being the Oprah thing, people thought I was like making a joke about myself. Oprah's a billionaire. And all she did is put other people on. She's famous by association. I'm famous by association. People know me because I'm affiliated with bringing all these great people on the show. And I just continue to put myself out there. And that also helps get sales. So um, I just think it's dope. I've been doing it. And I think that people, that's like the goal. The goal is to take your massive income, turn it into passive income, and business helps you do that. The biggest people in real estate are business owners because they take all their real estate, their business money, which comes in massively. This dude, Chris, is bringing in four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year because you can sell your you can sell your product over and over and over again, but you can't sell that same property over and over again. So hmm. it's not it's not just business; it's also real estate. But I've always been a business person first. And I know that business will set you free. Business gets you paid all the time. Business, it's been crazy right now. I'm expecting a huge year. It's, I've already, I've already, I'm trying to make money every day, Raphael. I wake mm -hmm. up every day like I need to make money every single day. Every single day I got to make a dollar. And the crazy part about it is, it's kicking. 
we're three years, four years into the process. And the more you do it, the bigger your brand grows, the bigger your brand grows, the even more money you make. So I'm excited for 2020. That's cool, man. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, as soon as you start talking about people taking the business income and then turning it into passive income, I immediately thought of Chris. And he's talking about taking his business income, buying rentals, and he's taking that rent, that rent money and buying dividend stocks, he said, putting that yeah. aside for his son. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that that's, that's wealth, man. Chris is creating money that's going to continue to come. And one of the most important things for people to understand is let's say Chris makes $30,000 in a month and he takes that $30,000 and buys a house. He didn't really lose the $30,000. He just moved it. Mm-hmm. And he's going to continue to get rental income and appreciation. And that's why the rich get richer because they make more money than you, which allows them to invest bigger than you. So, um, and they, and, then once you have a bunch of rentals coming in, then he's bringing in 15 grand just from rentals each month. So the business kicks off. But the crazy part about it is that business might not always be hot. We would love for it to always be hot, but while it's hot, you got to take that money and make it permanent. And permanent money is something we don't talk about enough because that's wealth. Um, on the last podcast or like maybe two podcasts back, we were talking about like, you don't need a pile of money. You need a pipeline of money. And so, like, for my kids, it's like, I don't want to just give you money. I want to give you assets to pay you money every single month because you can't get rid of that. You can't get rid of wealth. Right. So you say um, you don't lose the money parking, you parking when you put it in real estate. Is mm-hmm. that what you were talking about when you tweeted um, spending money on real estate isn't really spending money? 100%. I'm going to get it back. 100%. Um, I was talking about a deal I did recently, or not recently, we did it like a year and a half ago, two years ago. We bought this house. We paid $11,000 for this house. We rented it out for 600 bucks a month. We've held it for two and a half years approximately. We've gotten every single cent out of that property and we'll own it forever. So the money comes back. But the crazy part about it is let's say we just got pissed off. We're like, you know what, let's sell this house. We could probably sell it for double what we paid for it. So we're going to get, all we did was take the money here and turn it into cash flow. You take your cash, turn it into cash flow. And so it's not like if you go out there and you spend 10 grand, 20 grand on a vacation, you're never going to get that money back. And it's not going to pay you anymore. But it's like, if we could just do that, say, for example, you're like, you know what? I want to take a trip. It's going to cost me 10,000 to take this trip. Let me go buy a house with this 10,000 and then take a trip out of the cash flow and then still have the money to take a trip out of the cash flow next year. We got to start putting assets first. And so that's all I was saying is it's never really gone. When you invest, it's never really gone. So I took, I, and I made some money from one of my affiliate products. I took that money, I put it into the stock market, made some more money on that. And now I'm about to put that money into um, the vending machines. I also have some more money coming in from the affiliates. So I'm going to put that money into a mobile home. And then it's like, well, what else can we buy? What else can we buy? What else can we buy? Like the goal is just to like, just get hungry. Like I got to make it permanent. You're not going to be making this much money just off of like some affiliate links. So you might as well make it permanent and turn it into permanent income or at least savings. I think people got to, um, we need to get that in our heads, get that concept down, turn that slow money to fast money. Right. Parking it. Parking it. Um, Cause I see, I see sometimes anytime somebody posts, make, puts up a post on social media about dividend stocks. 
and they they do like they'll run the numbers and they say if you put in this much in the start, you get this much back every month or every quarter or whatever. And there's always somebody in the in the comments that say like, so I'm gonna. I saw somebody say like I'm gonna spend a, a million to get thirty six thousand dollars back, or you know I'll put this much money in and all I'm getting back is ten cents a month per share. Like, and they're laughing at the person that's posting it. Like, this is the dumbest thing I ever heard. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that you obviously never heard of, of drips. And the whole point is that that the dividends buy more stock, which mm-hmm. brings you more dividends, which lets you buy more stock and bring you more income. But you know, you can see people just don't get it at all. They're not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll be right back. Like you said, assets are not things. Assets are thoughts and creativity applied to things. Man. First off, that's a bar. It's kind of abstract and it kind of is conflicting. Um, But I find that we always say wealth comes through creation. And if you can, it's kind of like people are making money these days selling digital products and digital products is really nothing more than your intellect and you create something and then you repackage and sell that intellect. And so um, I would just say that I was, I was watching somebody and he was talking about how like he buys a house and then he completely reimagines it. He will knock it out. If it has like a bad floor plan, he'll reimagine it. If it has like ugly paint on the outside, he'll, he'll fix it up and stuff. And he was saying like, he doesn't get paid for real estate. He gets paid for his vision. He gets paid for his vision applied to real estate. And so the beauty in that is we have unlimited creativity. We're some of the most creative, creative people on the planet. We just got to monetize that creativity. These days, it's great because you can monetize it through all the different platforms that are out there that are free. Instagram, Twitter, Gumroad, Shopify, all these different platforms. If you can take your genius and package it up and then market it to the world, you can make a lot of money. And there's so many people out there. That's the, like the internet is crazy. Granted, you're always, if you are that kind of a person, you're always going to tap into something. So I would love to say like, oh, once Instagram is gone, it's gone. Like, no, now there's Shopify. Now there's others, all these other platforms that are popping up. So like Instagram is just the current platform and Twitter is the current platform. But before that was Facebook, before that was Black Planet, before that was MySpace, before it was all those other platforms. So like for us, we've been, we've been doing this forever. I'll never forget on like MySpace, back when I was promoting parties, I would go and I'll put my flyer as a comment on somebody's page. And so they would see it, but then anybody else who went to their page would see our flyer for our party in their comment section. And so I've always been hustling. I remember I used to um, promote parties on Twitter and I would create those little um, twit pics. And a twit pic, it would show you how many times your picture was viewed. And so I would just post it, post it, post it to get my views up on my picture flyer. And so I've been doing this for a while. It's just so happens now I'm finally in my lane of finance and business and real estate and investing so that I can kind of maximize that. So kind of like what I was talking about a minute ago, you tweeted, a lot of us have never been exposed to money, so we don't even know what's really possible. But we speak as though we know what can and can't be with a level of certainty. Yeah. 
one of the things that is unfortunate is the amount of broke people on Twitter telling <laughs> people what's not possible. And I used to experience this a lot where people will say, oh, we black, we can't do this. We black, blah, blah, blah. And it can limit you and it can shape your worldview. And there's a lot of people who they, that's all they know. They've never gotten outside of their community to know what's possible for them. And so I was inspired to put this post out there because I was interviewing, I was interviewed by somebody on their podcast and I don't even think he realized what he experienced. So I was talking to him and he's been investing in real estate for a year. He quit his job. But before that, he was delivering mail. He delivered mail for five years. And he was telling me like he used to drive uh, his mail truck and he would deliver packages to these high-end areas. And I was like, I don't know if you realize this, but I think that seeing that level of wealth changed your mentality about what's possible for you because you saw people getting it and you probably saw they were no different than you. You probably saw they're just like some average Joe. He's super corny, can't dress, like has no swag, but he has a bunch of money. And you're like, well, what is he doing that I'm not doing? And so you start digging, you start listening to podcasts, you start reading books, start asking questions, going to events, learning, stretching your mind, blowing your mind. And so it's just unfortunate that there's people who all they know is the hood. And so they speak from a hood perspective about stuff they never even seen. So it's like, it's one thing to have seen it, to experience it and have an opinion, but there's people who literally don't know what they don't know. And so I wouldn't be mad. And I've said this before, it wouldn't be a bad thing if they just kept their limitations to themselves, but they project their limitations on other people. They want to tell you what's not possible for you. They want to tell you what's too hard for you. They want to tell you what you can't do. Like, if that's what you believe isn't possible, keep that for yourself. But don't put that on me. Don't put that devil on me. Keep that for yourself. And so, like, that's all. I, I believe that all of us can get to it, and I'm seeing a lot of us get to it. And then now what's even dope is I'm seeing a lot of us now um, – I'm seeing a lot of us now flip our massive income from that one successful business into like everlasting wealth. So now we're making it like, so you can't even lose it. And that's dope to me. Mm. So you said, if you want a roadmap to wealth, stop hanging with your coworkers and start studying your boss. Yeah. Um, I saw a tweet that kind of mirrored this. I wish I could remember what it, what it said. Oh, man. I saw something that spoke to this. Hopefully I get it as I start talking. But it's something I always do. And that is that I... Okay, so this is kind of what stemmed from it. Well, that tweet was like an older tweet. But as I was talking to the guy today, he was talking about how like everything that you do at your job can be applied to your business. And so when he used to be like a mail truck driver, he would like driving the mail truck helped him learn what neighborhoods to invest in and what neighborhoods not to invest in. And he was Ooh. saying like, yeah, like if you work at Subway, like there's something at that business that you can apply to your current business. And so for me, like the reason why Thai Capital exists is because I worked in a private wealth management company and I was like, I could create my own private wealth management company. And now I work in a firm where the owner markets like crazy 
And so now I'm marketing my business like crazy. Like I'm unashamedly marketing my business every day, asking for the sale, promoting my business. I need to bring in as much business as possible, not as much business as I can support. Meaning that mm. every day, bring in business, bring in business, bring in business, bring in business, every day, bring in business, bring in business. And then if I got to hire some other people to, to support that business, so be it. But before I was like creating a job instead of creating a business, your business is supposed to have roles, meaning marketing does nothing but marketing. Sales does nothing but sales. You have somebody doing marketing and then doing support. And so what I realized and what I always do, even when I was like, what I always do is I look at the bosses and I try to study what they do. And this is why I got out of corporate America, like, corporate America and the, like working in banking because you look at the bosses and a lot of them aren't where they want to be. Cause they're not really the boss. They're just a manager. But if you look at like the CEO, he's living that life. So I'm modeling myself after the CEO. And a lot of times when you work in a bank, like the ceiling is the branch manager and they're driving some old three series and some little house that they have. And I'm like, I don't want, that's not what I want. I'm not working 15 years to get to an old three series. So you got to study the bosses because the bosses are going to teach you how to be a boss. And I always tell people, don't follow what they say, follow what they do. Cause sometimes what they're telling you is to hold you down to that level. Hmm. I'm watching you. What are you doing? Right. So you also said learn the skills on their plantation and then go start your own meaning a business before somebody say, why are you trying to start your own plantation? But whatever. <laughs> I should. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> and then go start your own. Don't stay on the plantation. Don't fight them to pay you more. Take the skills, fam. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, self, the tweet's kind of self-explanatory, but yeah. I think it speaks to what we talked about earlier is just like using a job for the skills. Um, the guy he interviewed today, but he, he asked me, he's like, so when did you take the leap and leave your job? I was like, I still work a job. I feel like you, you can and should run a business and run a job at the same time. Granted, I'm actually like my, honestly, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I can be out of the job. Uh, hopefully this year. Um, I'm just working strictly for Ty Capital. I already looked at office space. I already looked at how we're going to do that. Um, so Yeah. Self-explanatory tweet, man. Yeah. So, so, as long as we are willing to do what nobody else is willing to do, there's always opportunity. Yeah. Everybody always looks for opportunity, and nobody wants to do what's difficult. And opportunity looks like work. It's like they say, like, people say they want opportunity until it shows up in overalls and looks like work. And mm -hmm. so... I feel like it's conflicting and I feel like people are lying because they say they want opportunity, but then they also don't get out there and take whatever's handed to them. People just, they just want what's easy. And that's what is mostly for, for people who would like to say that there's a lack of opportunity or there's no money out there. Like opportunity might look like working two jobs, but it'll get you twice the income. Like, do you want to win or do you just want to like say you want to win? Because if you say, you, if you really want to win, you're going to do a lot of things like Raphael does every week and they sit until midnight to record this podcast for you guys. Do you want to win or do you just want to say you want to win? And a lot of people, they're not willing to do the work. But if you do the work, you are going to win. And I feel like that's what's so frustrating is like we have a community full of people who just want to sit around and talk about what nobody's doing for us or what we can't get done. 
instead of like going to work. But the crazy part about it is as you work, you're going to work your way out of that crappy opportunity. You're going to work your way up or you're going to eliminate the need for it. Um, so I just, I just feel like that's kind of what I was saying there. Mm -hmm. So you also said you're thinking about bringing a job fair to the hood, high paid <laughs> trades and skilled work that will employ you with no college and with a record. That's changed so, the culture. Yeah, man. I feel like it's another blessed black man endeavor. So after we, it's, it's so much opportunity out there. So it's like, yeah, we got the conference coming up. Shout out to the conference, February 29th. A lot of really good speakers. I got to create a speaker list because Donald, the voice, because asked me for it. Um, what else? We have, um, hopefully we do the pitch competition. So after we raise a bunch of money, then we're going to be able to give it away. And then uh, hopefully use it as a write-off to decrease our tax liability. Um, and then we could do a job fair. And so there's always something that we could be doing to give back. Like, is it the salute? Like when you attack problems, there's never a lack of solution. There's never a lack of opportunity. Like we can always find something to do. So the job fair, um, it's just a, I like to, I like to attack people's excuses. And so people will say, "Oh, we can't get jobs because." I have a record. We can't get jobs because um, I didn't finish college. I can't get jobs because I didn't finish high school. So it's like, let me go find all the things that you can do with all these and bring it to you. Since you don't want to go out there and get it, we're going to bring it to you. We're going to make you productive again because the community is productive men. I saw this tweet and it said that you can judge a community by the vitality of its men. And so we, for some reason, think that women dictate the African-American community and shout out to them, love women, but we also need men to be doing well as well. Like that's all I'm saying. So my goal is to make it happen is if it's not going to, I don't, I feel like your life has to attach to a, a purpose bigger than stuff. And these days, like I don't really care about stuff too much, even though as I grow the business, I just get more stuff, but like, I just, I'm, I live a purpose-driven life and I want to change stuff and I don't want to complain about stuff. And so that's why we do that. That's why we do Thai Capital. And I wish more people would be more attached to like their purpose and not so much like their paycheck. But a lot of people, they don't know how to make money out of side of their paycheck. So they got to limit themselves. They can't do stuff like this. They can't talk shit on the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pay more attention to your purpose than your paycheck. So this is an interesting tweet. Uh, your wife doesn't want you to create a job for her. She wants you to create freedom for her. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, I thought that like the goal was to give your wife a business. And I realized like wives don't want to work, fam. They just don't. Um, our moms might have worked because they had to work. Maybe they even wanted to work. But like these, this generation of women, they don't want to work, fam. And that's okay, especially as you have children, you know. For the longest time I thought that like, for the longest time I thought that like letting your wife stay home and raise the kids was about her. And then I realized it's actually about your kid. So it's like, you're doing, I'm allowing you or I'm providing for you to stay home so that my son or so my, my, my child has that. 
So if they have a live home, like a stay at home mom, so they have like, they don't have to go out there and, you know, be exposed to who, whatever they're being exposed to. And so like, that was the disconnect for me. Like for the longest time I thought like she just wanted to be a freeloader. And now I realize like, no, it's actually about the kid. So if you're going to be a good father, make sure you take care of that aspect as well. You can't be a good father without being a good husband. I apologize for that statement if it offends anybody. But I just feel like it's very true. I feel like, it, okay, you don't have to be necessarily be married, but I feel like you have to <coughs> exemplify love for a woman because you're effectively treating, teaching your children how to love one another. I feel like that's just as important um, as giving them food to eat and all that stuff as teaching them how to maintain healthy relationships. So in a perfect world, people are still together. In a non-perfect world, they still can coexist in a healthy way that allows their children to see healthy relationships because <clears throat> people repeat what they see. And so we just got to make sure they see the right stuff that's worth be repeating. Yep, yep, yep. So one more tweet. He said, a black community that only embraces one line of thinking and considers the other toxic even when it yields positive results, ain't the community they want to be a part of. You know what's so interesting about like the Donald Trump hate and the Republican hate is like Republicans have positive results for black people. Um, I believe that racism has changed. People think that racism is people being mean to you. I think that racism is people lowering the bar for you, people giving you a pass, giving you excuses, and not requiring you to step into your greatness. That's racism these days. Um, why is it racism? Because it allows you to underachieve. It allows you to exist in ghettos. It allows you to um, exist in poverty and then blame everybody else but yourself. So the problem is you're in poverty. You might not be blamed for it, but you're still in poverty. And I would rather you be blamed for it because if you're blamed for it, then you get to change you, man. If you take responsibility, you get to change you. If you blame everybody else, you got to change them. And it's a lot more difficult to change everybody else. It's a lot easier to change one you. I could change me. I can't change the whole LAPD police force. <sighs> I got stopped by the, I didn't really get stopped. I was in downtown there. I made a turn. So a cop pulls up and it was an Asian cop. It was a really weird exchange. He like, I didn't really do anything wrong. And that's why like I wasn't tripping, but he like um, pulls up by, beside me and downtown LA, they have like cop station throughout cause they're just trying to kind of police downtown LA and make it, make it safe again. And um, he pulls up and he's like, Hey, that was an unsafe lane change, buddy. And I was like, Oh man, sorry about that. And he's like, it's your one gift. He's like, you should be happy about it. He's like, use it wisely. And I was like, all right, okay, well, cool. And so, like, he left. I didn't, like, get crazy with him. I didn't say, I didn't even do shit, man. What you talking about? I didn't, like, come at him. It was coming at me. I was like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm just trying to take my slacks to the tailor. Like, <laughs> and I feel like I could have reacted like an N-word, and I would have gotten treated like an N-word. Or I can react like a gentleman, and I can get treated like a gentleman and go on about my day. And I feel like that's how race relations in a lot of ways works if 
you just do what you're supposed to do, despite them doing maybe not what they're supposed to do, you're going to win. You're going to win the long game. But if you challenge everything and complain about everything and make noise where there's not needed to be noise, you're probably going to end up not accomplishing what you want out of life. Um, probably going to be stunted in a lot of ways, probably going to end up being locked up in jail somewhere. Uh, Let's take a quick break. This is Elwood of Mindset Matters Tees. We offer merchandise with quotes that help shape your mindset. You can find us at www.mindsetmatterstees.com. So what was that tweet again? I forgot, man. A black community that only embraces one line of right. thinking. Yeah. So the problem, I, I pointed that out because a lot of times on Twitter, they want to cancel somebody. Mm. If you say something that's not in line with the liberal line of thinking, you're automatically not black. And the problem with that is they're canceling a lot of very solid people. They're canceling the, 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 the Kanye's of this world. They're canceling me's people that are actually out here improving black communities as opposed to just like ruining black communities. It's so weird. It's like people will cancel Kanye, but they love them some future. They love some, some Roddy rich, <laughs> like all the ratchet rappers that do nothing but promote, like smashing people's hoes. They, they, they love them. But then you go out here and you're like, Oh, uh, I'm Kanye. And I got married to Kim Kardashian and we stayed married and raised all of our kids and we created wealth and created a business and I'm buying a bunch of land. Like, they hate that. And so I feel like in a lot of ways, our values are skewed, man. We don't even know they're skewed. We think they're proper. We think our values are right because we don't know any better. And it's so deep and it's so intertwined. And I don't even know if I have the vocabulary to really explain it all, but it's just what I found. Like, they're quick to cancel you. And instead of entertaining the the idea that maybe you might be right, maybe we're kind of pursuing the same thing in different ways. Right. Yeah, it's a weird thing goes on. Everybody thinks their way is the only way. The only way. It's like either you're an entrepreneur or you're nothing. <laughs> or like if you uh oh you go college, college is for dummies. And you know, it just goes on, man. Yeah. It's funny to me, it's like the overall purpose that we should be looking to do is increasing black wealth. And we're going to get there in different ways. I mean, we're all different people. We're not all the same. We're all going to take different paths. And not everybody's going to be at the same level either. So some people are going to be entrepreneurs. Some people are going to have a job and have a business. Some people are just going to have a job and buy some stocks. Some people just gonna have a job and buy a house and leave the kids a house and some life insurance. The whole point is for all of us to move forward. Not everybody's gonna move forward the same way and at the same level. As long as we all move forward. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I feel like if we just embrace that, if we could just realize like, hey bro, like we're all trying to progress if not the entire culture, at least our family and ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's, it's so funny. I, somebody said this. I'm glad they said it. They're like, how come we're a monolith when it's convenient, but we're not a monolith when it's convenient? 
And so it's like, if we're not a monolith, that means that my idea should exist without you saying you're not black or I'm canceling yeah. or I'm black card. Like, that's just my black opinion. I'm not any less black right. than you. My opinion is what it is. I'm still black. You can't literally take somebody's black card just because they disagree with you. That's some, you just can't. Yeah, it's pretty dumb, man. It's just some weird stuff, especially on Twitter, I think. Yep. But I don't know, it's strange. Trying to invite people to picnics and all this kind of phraseology, I don't really understand. Like, revoking people's cars, canceling people. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But what does it progress? If you cancel somebody, do you win in life or are you still losing just are you still losing a lot of people are still losing still having the same arguments that they've been having for years about police shootings and racism and building a business and all these other things but they're canceling you like i could it's kind of like that what we always talk about it's like you cancel kanye and he went on to make 150 million dollars this year (laughs) like what is the power of your cancel? Does this make you feel good? Right. Right. So 2019 is in the books. 2020 is here. Things are looking up. How is the barbershop going? You still cutting? You know, I had a conversation with the barber today. The barber, you know, maybe out there trying to get over on you. I told him, send me my money. Mm. We got nothing to talk about. I was like, I I put out this tweet and I was talking about like, sometimes in business, you got to be able to call bullshit with a straight face. And so one thing that I found, unfortunately, with African-American people is they always try to get over on you, man. That's a very racist comment to make. I take that back. But what I found with, like, tenants and everybody, they just be trying to get over on me, man. And so, like, he always pops up, and he's like, oh, it's some repairs that need to get done. And I'm like, it's kind of unfortunate because you're, like, trying to help people, and you're trying to look out for them. You're trying to, like, do right by them, and they always try to fuck you. They always try to, like, like get their money without giving you money. And I'm like, why? You can't have a community like that. You can't have a community where people are robbing each other. That's what the ghetto looks like. People are taking from other people instead of trying to help other people. Like, people got to, like, you can't have a community where you're taking advantage of other people. You can't have a community where you're trying to get over on other people. Are you trying to build a community that's trying to get money? Because getting money and building a community are kind of inversely related. Because a community is all about everybody and about uplift, not about I'm going to get mine, you better get yours. So anyway... I told him, I was like, here's that 750, like we said, like 750 is still a compromise. So he's supposed to pay 750 bucks at the beginning of the month. Um, he kind of was like hemming and hawing. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to send you invoices for all the stuff that we had to get fixed. I was like, send me invoices, but also send me proof of payment. Don't make up some damn invoice and just like, oh, this is what we had to pay. Like, no, you didn't pay that shit. Because that's what they'll do. They'll, ch- they'll create a whole bunch of fake shit. And then it's like, you got to audit these people because then it's like, well, what's the date on this transaction? It probably doesn't exist. This guy, he does, he does, his, he does his own work. The reason why we've kept him is because he does his own work. But he's trying to say like, oh, well, since I had to fix stuff, I don't have to pay you. 
which is some bullshit. It's just bullshit. So the thing is, is, I mean, running a business takes a lot of time. It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be, we're just making money the next day. Like a lot of people would expect. A lot of people would expect like, oh, we're rich tomorrow. Tide Capital is like a five-year-old company. Like this stuff didn't just happen overnight and we're still building. I still need lights. I still need a little backdrop. It's, it's coming. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's coming, man. And so like the barbershop business, it's going to grow. We get some cash flow this month. Next month we should get cash flow. Next month we should get cash flow. And then we just start the snowball. Before you look up, the barbershop business gave us 20 grand, 20 grand this year. And the vending machine business gave us 20 grand, 30 grand. And then we just got to scale because the goal is like a million dollars in gross this year. Mm. Cool, cool. So let me ask you, because everybody's talking about this right at this time of year. For Charles Ogilvy, Ogilvy, what is your focus for this year? Like one word, two words, one sentence, what have you? Uh, probably family, man. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just, I just want, and for, for me, family is, isn't just about like spending time. I need to get a house and some assets for my son. I don't just want to like put money aside and I don't just want to like raise him and say, oh, well, um, get it, get a good job. Like I want to have actual tangible assets. And so, I mean, maybe we got to dedicate some of the vending machines to him. The, the vending machine has an excess route. So we might say, you know what? two of these are just going to fund uh, something for him. So that's, that's, I would say family, but family and finances, maybe that's what it is. Family and finances. I like that. Legacy play. That's cool, man. For me, for me, this year is going to be three C's, man. Three C's. Yeah. Clarity, clarity, creation, and consistency. I love it. It's going to cover everything, man. Consistency is key, man. It really is. It's tough, man. It's tough. But that, yeah, it's key. Once you have that, you can do anything pretty much. Yep. Yep. If you want consistent money, you got to take consistent actions. And this, um, and hey, but when we put this, this uh, podcast out, it will be $50 Friday. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm selling tomorrow, but it's gonna be up, and we're gonna put that out. Yeah, it's lit. Yeah. So when you listen, to, if you listen to this, guys, on the first day it comes out, it's gonna be fifty dollar Friday at Todd Capital. Get your course or whatever's gonna be on sale. We have a link. Yeah. Up there on the social media. We're going crazy. Todd Capital is getting way more structure, way more growth is going down. Who would have thought we had two podcasts? Two podcasts, consistency. Oh, we got to build the new blog, too. They saw what on kind Instagram. Of, huh? What kind of blog? The blog. Focus B Holdings. What about it? It's going, man. Yeah. I saw Whoa. on it. When you posted the snippet on Instagram, a couple of people were asking, where is this? What's, what's, what book is this? Right. It's always weird when people say that when they're like, what book is this? I'm like, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I think it's a compliment. 
I think people are used to seeing. Well, maybe I don't know, but I'm used to seeing you you showing snippets of the book of books. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of it, and I guess the picture is not it's not obvious by the picture that it's the blog. You just think it's an ebook or something. Mm. I still take it as a compliment. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, you can take it as that too, like because they think somebody wrote that on, in a book. It's a book. And they, they're like, oh, that's pretty good stuff. What book is this? Right. I need to go get that. But anyway, so let's wrap this up. Everybody watch out for the Black Man Building Wealth Conference coming in February. Lit. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. That's the Lit. Black Man Building Wealth Conference. Yeah. We've got Terrence Reed of HBCU Wall Street. We've got Brian, the infamous CPA, Julius Gordon. Is, wait, is Julius Gordon one of them? Julian Gordon, yep. Julian Gordon, Julian Gordon. You got Xavier Miller. It's a whole crew. You don't want to miss it. So check us out on that Eventbrite, Black Man Building Wealth Virtual Conference, February 2020. Get your tickets. And... You know, as always, come to Todd Capital, do this group economic stuff, man. You got to join the crew. You got to do it. You got to do it. Follow us on Twitter, Charles at Todd Billy. Is that the right one? Todd Billy, right? T-O-D-B-I-L-L-I. You follow me, Raphael, at Work Money Life on Twitter. And on Instagram, it's Blackwell Tweet Talk. Follow Charles at Partner with Millie. And then it's at Todd.Capital. And there's also at Best of Black Man. And Gumroad.com backslash Todd Capital. If you didn't already mention it, that's where the $50, $50 Friday deals will be located. Oh, man. Did you already shout out to Terry Ujoma? Trade no, and I Travel. Erica Classy Climb. 17th Watches, 24-7th Watches. Mindset Matters Tees. Yep. Yep. Out of life. All the yep. friends of the show. Hood Estates. Hood Estates. Can't forget about Hood Estates. Yeah, these are all the these are all the people we're talking about. Is doing, out there doing it big and linking up and trying to educate the people. So, tweet talk episode twenty nine. We are out. Lit. Yep.